Well, we're here tonight to celebrate the championship, the final championship of the football season. No, I'm not referring to the NCAA championship. I'm referring to the championship in the officially named National We Hate Terry Fantasy Football League. Mm. Oh. A league of 10 extraordinary gentlemen, and the championship was made up of yours truly and also J.P. Bertram. And only one man could come out on top. And it wasn't me. And it wasn't you. It was me. It was me. I wish we had Eric Hoy yelling it was me on like a soundboard and I could just be like JP play the Eric Hoy it was me soundbite <laughs> from from that one night at Gypsy in 2011. No, that's that's unfortunate but you know great great season me and you JP. Benny yeah. not so much. Not Benny, so Benny, much. What me. happened to you? Dude, <laughs> I just was picking players that I knew who they were and I haven't really closely followed the NFL for five years. That's so they like, were really, but, really good players in 2018. That's like the the technique of super secret producer Iskinder. You did you did oh, really well in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? Your webcam finally looks like it's not from 2018. Look Dude, at you. It looks so Your webcam looks you pretty great. You are crispy. Yo, look at this. I already showed Terry this shirt, but it it's fitting for tonight. I got it at a vintage shop. Nice. I love it. Way, it way to send the right justice. message. Yes. Yep. Shout out yep. Tupac. For the Shout listener. out Tupac. And then he is, is, is wearing a hooded sweatshirt with the late great Tupac Shakur on it and uh, the Poetic Justice font <laughs> as well. And you can deduce from that message uh, what you like. We didn't talk about there being an arrest in Tupac's murder case this year. Yeah. We really we really didn't mention it. And I was reminded of that taking place on another sort of year in review podcast. And that's normally something that we would have talked about like for 48 minutes while the listeners were waiting patiently for us to talk about Damian Martinez or or something relevant <laughs> to Oregon State Athletics. But it's important and it's a dope shirt, Benny. Thanks. It is. I should have worn my Tupac shirt. Instead, I wore ODB. Oh, ODB. ODB. Oh, and so I'm wearing too. I'm wearing a Lululemon hoodie, so failing. You can't see Fife Dog on the wall behind me, though. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh man. He's looking down. He's looking he down got on clean every cap episode. On. Yeah. Sure. Oh, sure yeah, does. you do. Yeah. TT. Oh, you do. That's true. <laughs> Tris, tri- Fife Dog is also wearing a Tristing Tree hat in uh, this painting. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's what's really remarkable about it. I found it in the in the art dealer and was like, "This this is crazy." That Fife Dog had a belligerent bees Tristing Tree hat on, <laughs> and he did. And we played golf there together, and it was incredible. <laughs> JP, great game though. I apologize for for beating you. Uh, um, well, I told you before. You texted me in the morning and said, "Best of luck," and I said, "One of our teams is going to have somebody go off." And that's gonna do it, and that's all. That's all gonna be needed. And you had two guys go off, and you even I said, oh, "I hope it's Jeff because it would help me out." And yeah, also the Vikings, the Vikings. had a three percent chance of making the playoffs going into the day, and I was like, "If Justin Jefferson goes bananas, helps me win a fantasy championship, and the Vikings 
win and somehow get in the playoffs. And that's, that's just team of destiny status. Like we're going to win the Super Bowl now. And, and Oregon state men's basketball is going to win the national championship. Oregon state women's basketball is going to win the national championship. Baseball and softball will both get national championships. That's what that would have meant. But no, just Justin Jefferson went bananas and I, I got my championship, which is selfish, but Hey, out of my control. That is, that is life. I forgot to. I have to send you the winnings. Now you're uh, on the clock yeah. officially for the. I don't know if anyone's ever won our dynasty pot winning two years in a row. Oh I, no! I, I was close. I mean, I got second last year, so that really that I don't. I can't remember how much I lost in the championship by, but now I'm retroactively mad about it. I, I told you guys I had the worst sports day maybe <laughs> of all time yesterday. Yeah, you had a tough. You had a tough day. That is bad. When you when you wake up and you're in the hunt in two fantasy football championships, and you're watching football, you're watching the Beavs women's hoops team, you're hoping they'll pull out a victory, one out of two at least, in against the LA schools. So and they just they had a tough one against UCLA, and then the Niners lose and snap their like I don't know, like uh, yeah, a year plus like... long NFC West winning streak. Do you guys know that <laughs> they had they hadn't lost against the NFC West opponent since last like end of last season? But they were also kind of trying to lose. I mean, like they, they weren't. Care. No one was playing, but still they lost. Yeah. They lost. I well, watched them lose. Wait. And then, <laughs> and then it was it official that I was going to lose both fantasy football championships. And then I had to watch the Warriors play absolutely abysmally <laughs> and lose. And then and I do not I, feel bad for you there. To and the point where my seven-year-old. <laughs> no even, one feels bad for you about the Warriors. <laughs> my seven-year-old fired me as co-manager of our fantasy team. He said, I knew I shouldn't have partnered with you. And I told him that we were. Wow. Wow. We were going to lose. Oh, it broke the man. news. That hurts, kids. In the in the family league, he fired you. Yeah, your yeah, son. And, you're, that's like you got kicked out of your own family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm the commissioner of the league, and he <laughs> and his father. But yeah. commissioner means more. Yeah, it's more important. This is about status. Oh uh, man, and Tanner Miller committed to Michigan State. Just all kinds of shit. Another yeah. redhead betraying you. Yeah, yeah but Davida Poem. Poem. Yeah, not a redhead. Is it Pomey or Pome? Well, no, he is not a red. He could it should be. It should be poem because it's poetic justice. It and poetic. Yeah. Wow. We'll we'll talk we'll talk more about that. But that is sorry for the miserable, no good, very bad day that you had, JP. But not totally sorry because I win. How much do I win? Seven hundred and fifty bucks. Oh hey, shit! Yo. I Let's thought it was five hundred. <laughs> yeah. And then if you win next year, it's twelve fifty. Ooh, wow! That's JP, actually, edit this out. I don't, I don't, I don't want our listeners knowing that I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> now people are gonna be in my DMs, be like, "Yo, let's let's collab on this investment opportunity." <laughs> Crypto, <laughs> Dogecoin, dog, yeah, no. yeah. Doge too. It's Doge too. You haven't heard of it? I'm going to, I'm going to, no. I mean, no, I'm going to use this new one. It's, I stopped listening to Ted. It's dog coin <laughs> for listen for investors who got that dog in them. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's it's it. down today, down to the to the Wolverine coin. <laughs> seven hundred fifty dogs, seven hundred fifty <laughs> Wolverines. That game, I believe, has now gone final. final. Not that, not that it's final. Anyone yeah. gives a shit? Thirty-four to thirteen. The, now, the final EA score. Sports just and now we'll give us the trailer. EA Sports. That's that's the real reason. Will we get the trailer for NCAA football? Two thousand. You got conned into watching the <laughs> watching college football to see a commercial. I think about yeah. how that that's that's really sad. Not oh, just any so commercial sad. though, Jay. I get it, but like you watched an entire three-hour game. To watch a commercial that uh, is readily available on the internet at yeah, some point is, in the near which future. Which is about one-fourth of the time that Benny used to spend on playing NCAA football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, on the PS2 per day. In one day, yeah. There was, uh, this was how into that shit I was. I'd, be, I'd like be concurrently playing NCAA and Madden. And I think it was maybe the summer after freshman year because I was playing with Oregon State. And you know how you could like upload the draft class from NCAA football into Madden, so that oh, you'd yeah. be drafting real players. And then you could like, there's a download that would add the players' names and like the number, yep. like an early mod. Everything. Yeah. So all of that yeah. was like the roster it, like, share. People just yeah, edit it. Was it. A roster, the roster share. Yeah. It took like ten seconds. They go into Madden, and you could draft like Reggie Bush in '05 or '06 or whatever. And it got to the point where fictional players who I had recruited in my <laughs> dynasty mode at Oregon State, I had then drafted to the Vikings in my franchise mode in Madden and had played so much that I had players I had recruited in NCAA retire <laughs> in, in Madden. That's like at least 16 seasons worth within one calendar year. <laughs> I remember one of them for sure. Safety Chase Martin, number oh, twenty-four. Yeah, Chase Martin. Chase Martin, C Mart, maybe he was fantastic. I have, I have one like that too, and it was yeah, uh, yours. Mine and Super Secret Producer Skinder played every minute of every game. We didn't sim it for his whole career. Dude. We were so invested in this guy, and it was just like a, I, I mean, it was one of the you know generated names for NCAA because they weren't using real names, and unless you got downloaded a roster or whatever, and then. We just went with this guy and like, we don't know where he came from, but he was like third string. We we're like, we're going to make this guy a star. And he was our running back. Number nine, the best number nine to ever play at Oregon state, Lamar Riley, which was so fitting. Cause at the time it was Mike Riley was our coach. <laughs> and we took Lamar Riley from third string to four time Heisman. <laughs> and and then I and then I carried him over into Madden and I kind of just it wasn't the same. It just didn't feel he, he, as he wasn't authentic. ready. He wasn't ready for the for the pro game like many Heisman winners. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> but he had a legendary career at Oregon State. So shout out yeah. Lamar Riley. There is there's a sandwich named after him. Big town hero or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a week off when NCAA 24 comes out. I'm going to play through so many seasons. It's going to be so sick. It will. Be. It will be sick. It will be sick. If it comes out, if that ever happens, that's oh, what I am still. I'm still doubting that that it's going to actually come out. Don't but say that. we'll see. I know. I'm not trying to be skeptical. I was so excited when they announced it was coming back. But it just feels like one of those things that it's like air power from Apple. Where it's like, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. What is it's, that? It was like that like wireless charging pad that they announced. And there is like uh, 
they announced it at their conference and then like with iPhone. So it was like you could charge your phone on this mat without like lining it up on a coil or a magnet. And then you can uh-huh. put like your AirPods on it and your Apple Watch on it, which uses oh. a different charger altogether, right? Yeah, I remember this. And it had like a hundred something coils in it, and it was like overheating every time they were testing it. It clearly was not ready for prime time, even when they announced it. And not even close. <laughs> and they delayed it for like a year plus, and then they finally were like, Yeah, air, air power's not happening. Even though they like had a whole thing about it. So if if Isn't Apple's there... gonna let me down. I mean, in hell, EA Sports is going to let me down. No, imagine playing EA Sports NCAA 24 on Apple's new headset that they they have. Ooh, coming out February 2nd. Oh, what's it called? Apple Vision? Apple Apple View. Eye mask. Something. Eye <laughs> mask. It is called, isn't it called, it's called Eye Vision? So it's, I think it's something. Is vision, it Apple right? Vision? It should Apple be vision Apple Pro. Vision. No, Apple what vision? is it? I don't know. Let me look. Yeah. It's, oh, it's uh, going to be so Apple dope. Vision Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Apple Vision. Yeah. But Pro. Oh. Pro. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, so we're you are not novice. Yeah. <laughs> not no, novice. Not novice. It's Apple actually. <laughs> wow, what a coincidence you guys brought it up because uh, this episode of the Blizzard Bees broadcast is brought to you by <laughs> Apple Vision. Uh, that's right. We're partners with Apple Vision Pro. We are pro partners <laughs> with. <laughs> With Apple, <laughs> use promo code "fuck the transfer portal" at checkout for fifty <laughs> percent off your first purchase of Apple Vision Pro. Hey, um, I want to say that about the transfer exciting. portal. It it giveth and taketh, and it does. And yeah. We've had we've we've been on both ends of that, which with one feel, player. But I, I yeah, it's true. That is true. I feel like that is a good thing though for Oregon State. That we can say we've been on both sides. I don't think we would be on the positive side of receiving solid transfers if there was nowhere for them to play. Yeah. And we could, there are a lot of schools who are on just that flip side where they're just losing players and all they're trying to do is fill with any body that's available. So I'll take the silver lining and say it's college football is just a mess and that. Well, we should be, I guess, appreciative that we're is what I give it to take it for the promo code. I'll I'll work with, I'll get with Apple and make sure they apply that as the proper promo code. Yeah, good call, good call. <laughs> fuck the for, transfer for portal, kind of purchases. I was just thinking, yeah, fuck the transfer portal, but only when we're mad at it. Uh, that, <laughs> that that uh, kind of thing. Let's um start to get into this. The only. Uh, question i have for you guys we were talking about this in our various group chats pretty terrifying moment uh in in the friendly slash not so friendly skies over the last couple days with alaska airlines exit door being sucked off the aircraft um, and and landing mile high club mile high club (laughs) literally and too too literally I think it was three miles up. Yeah. It was three mile high club. Three miles. Usually you pay extra for that kind of action, Cotton. And thankfully, (laughs) no one paid for this action with their lives. Uh, But I saw that the door just landed in a Portland backyard. And I was just like, oh, what if this landed in JP's yard? Um, (laughs) It it was definitely in the Southwest Hills. Yeah. It landed in the door. Lola would have gone absolutely berserk. (laughs) it, It landed in the yard of 
science teacher yeah who, like teacher. Teach velocity and stuff so he, it was funny. like he was like knew exactly like how that could happen or whatever. anyway that's terrifying and we i was this holiday season like two days before this happened i was sitting in an exit row and booked flights for later this spring in an exit row and i'm kind of my thinking now is just like well now it's probably going to be the safest it's ever been <laughs> fo follow, following this no the scariest still, part i'm gonna look at an it. exit row yeah well wait what, what was it then that's what's it scary was, it was a it was like fused well it was supposed to be like a factory fused shut exterior door yeah. that alaska and others that have ordered the plane requested that Boeing bolt it shut so that they could add a row of seats and it not be an exit. So oh. on the inside of the plane, you would have had no idea there was a door next to you. Just a giant square it just, disappears. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a kid's shirt that got sucked off of him and blown out the plane. Well, let's it's 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 a PG thirteen show. Let's uh <laughs> let's keep that one. That's wow that's even crazier. Yeah. Yeah, let's Didn't stop using Ted... sucked off. We've been talking too much about being sucked I... off this airplane. <laughs> the door got sucked off the airplane. That's the only way to describe it. Didn't didn't okay, our mutual friend Ted <laughs> It fell off. Oh, <laughs> uh, our pets didn't heads our, are didn't our, off. didn't our mutual friend Ted he had he had tickets for that flight, right? Next week, this week, this Friday, same flight though, same route, same oh, time, I believe, uh, and same, same row, number, but different day, same and row, same, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I love that his that plane. immediate and full reaction to it was just whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JP, please play five seconds of "Like Whoa" by Black Rock. Money want to beat my blueprints. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, yes, nice. All right, let's oh. uh, let's actually start getting into the meat of this episode. We still have a lot to get to, even though college football is now officially over and in the books. It is uh, another year. And honestly, for... I'm ready for it to be. Yeah, hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready for my weekends back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we still have lots of fun with it, but yeah, you guys still have your your Niners to stress out about. Not next God, week. I feel yeah. I feel sorry for y'all. I'm just <laughs> gonna be relaxing during the NFL playoffs while you two will be worried about things. <laughs> Can't be me. Can't be me. Let's get into the Reg and Beers segment for this episode, the 124th episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And I'm going to start with Benny this week because I saw what Benny is drinking again. Yeah. And we're excited about it. Yeah. For lots of reasons. Squirting is a habit. And oh. I am indulging in it i have drank so much squirt in the last week yuri bought a 24 pack that's fine and i i don't even think it's a new webcam i think your skin just looks incredible because of all of the squirt you've been drinking yeah <laughs> skin routine is just lots of squirt nice absolutely nice 
It's so good. Honestly, like we did parodies of it. We talked about it last week. It's honestly the best soda ever. It is JP, so good. JP, please play five seconds of this court song, Propane's verse, preferably. <laughs> Not only one when you see me, I need two cans. Bitch, I'm balling on a budget seat. Did you get like a Costco order of squirt or are you just or are you ordering oh, it like imagine sending instacart on a squirt run to costco oh yeah it was it's not like, a costco order i don't see i don't see squirt at most regular grocery stores i don't well, either that's because they sell out because it's so delicious when we went to the freddy's on kings seeking out any squirt soda we could find in the summer of 11 one time I showed AKA up, AKA the summer of love, yeah, summer of squirt. <laughs> the uh, the the racks were empty. Squirt was nowhere. And then of course we went back a few days later, and they had squirt red, diet squirt, regular squirt, all all the all the different varieties. So Didn't different propane have a have a bar about diet squirt? That was me. That was you. That was yeah. a good line. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, I agree. Squirt is hard to find, and so when it's Squirt, there, squirts the word. Get it? Yeah, squirts the word. Absolutely. Mm. Well, very, very nicely done. I'll go next. I am drinking. I got a uh, Bell's Variety Pack at the liquor store today, and not negative or positive, but I'm just drinking their experimental IPA because we're going to talk about the transfer portal a little bit tonight, and. People outgoing, people incoming, people coming back. I feel like this sums up the attitude of a lot of student athletes these days in the portal era. I'm drinking a change of heart experimental IPA, and there is a fish on it. I don't know why that is, but why not? It's pretty good up here. I mean, like, why would there not be a fish on it? Why wouldn't there be a fish on it? Yeah. Maybe it's they, an experimental fish, like I in mean, The Simpsons. Right. Well, they, their flagship beer is Two Hearted, which does have also has fish on it, and maybe that's just kind of their thing. I don't know. Fish haven't collected enough Two Hearted or Bell's cans to know. Also, yep, brewed in Michigan. So I think I let's go. I'll, I'll, oh. I'll say congrats, Michigan. I'm drinking a Michigan beer. Uh, Hail to the victors. I suppose, yeah. and to former Niner coach Jim Harbaugh, uh, One of my father, favorites. father, and congratulations to Oregon State alum Jay Harbaugh, the special teams coordinator, and yeah, hail, hail to the victors. Who's got it better than us? Definitely not Washington. <laughs> hail, <clears throat> hail to the victors, valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail, hail to Michigan, the leaders and best. This is a really poorly written song, Michigan. I I, I, I can't keep going. Uh, <laughs> but you did win the national championship, so congratulations. And I am drinking a change of heart. My change of heart is, I think, I'm just going to decide that Oregon State will win the national championship next year. That's my change of heart. You don't get to control that, but it will happen. Either I or. think it will. <clears throat> Good chance. And if, it, and if it does, we'll play this back and people won't know if I control it or not, JP. Ooh. Ooh, I'll tell Oogie. them you did. I'll say Terry Oogie. did this. Terry did this. <laughs> We're about nine months away from spooky season, but it might come <laughs> early. <laughs> uh, JP. Mm. Your beverage. 
my good I self. am enjoying a plantain. Like oh, shit. Plantains, dog. Mm. Hard yes. day. <laughs> hard, hard day after a hard day. I am toasting. <laughs> I am toasting to a successfully boycotted college football season. Nice. That I did not watch one game outside of an Oregon State football game. Nice job. Did you, did you watch a single snap even by accident? Like, did you uh, walk into like I a mean, bar where it was? Yeah, on? if it was on, but like, not not like I didn't put on my TVs and I didn't stream it from anything that I had control over. So if I was somewhere and it was on, so be it. I didn't pay attention because I didn't feel like I needed to be invested because I wasn't actually watching. So not one minute of college football outside of Oregon State was. On my TVs, at my house, on my phone, on my iPad, nothing, nada. In your in your mind. When when we were at that pizza place at New York, New York, bef- before the Wu Tang show, I do have to say you were not watching the 500 TVs that were in that bar that all had the UFC game on it. So yeah, yep. Props to you. Thank That's, you. That is a challenge. Thank you. I was though, and it was a fun game. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I missed any USC fans sitting right next to us. Yeah. Well, it all it all amounted to nothing, anyways. So, college football is pointless unless the Oregon State Beavers are national champions. I think that's a fact. And then also another little toast, and maybe we should all toast to the end of what used to be the Pac-12 football. Yeah, Pac-12 uh, football is now. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Terry, hit the, the ad. Hit, hit the, the ad. ad. Okay. Say it. Hit the ad. <laughs> what was the I, last school no, before? No, I, I, have, I have been given no ad copy to read. Am I supposed to be reading <laughs> I'm still unclear if this is a bit or if I'm slacking off or or what's what's happening. We're just gonna maybe you'll going. never know. If an ad needs to be put in in post production, we can do that. Benny, please ask whatever question you're about to ask. What what was the last school that won a football national championship other than USC from the Pac-12? Was it Washington in '91? Yes, I think it was. Isn't that mm. sort of crazy? Like the Pac-12 yeah. had a lot of really good teams. And there's only been one school that has won the national championship in the last 32 years. What about, yeah, yeah, it was Washington. Mm. Technically, Utah won it, but they weren't in the pack. But it was Wait, hilarious. Utah, Utah won the national championship? Oh, I don't know. But they weren't in the pack yet. And oh, yeah, okay. the it's funny because this is on the Pac-12 website that they have Utah as a Pac-12 football national champion in 2008 when they weren't Pac-12. And they also have Colorado's 1990, even with an asterisk of it being a consensus national champion. Utah? When did Utah won it in 2008? That's what I was thinking, too. This is on the the Pac-12 website. Pac-12 football national championships. (laughs) The B the BCS says LSU beat Ohio State in the national championship. In that sounds like George Klyovkov just trying to boost his <laughs> resume there. That's so funny. Uh, why is it say this on here? It, wait, 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 wait. The pack. Wait, Pac12.com says Utah was the national ch- champion in football in 2008 because that's Dude. not accurate. Yes. Look. I'll, sh- I'll I'm gonna send. I'll share my is- screen. No, I'm not gonna share my screen. I'll just send you the link. 
but you'll see. That's why I, I don't remember who won in 2008, but LSU did. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it was LSU. So then, like, the year. Yeah, it was LSU or Florida. Because the. College it does say national championship team. on their Wikipedia page, though. Utah's? Yeah, but it says national championship, they Anderson had... and Hester, which is a mathematical system for ranking collegiate American <laughs> football teams. That... So I think that is a fucking stretch. <laughs> That's crazy. That's like saying Paps is the best beer because it won the Blue Ribbon Award at a Milwaukee <laughs> Beer Festival in 1899. Paps, Paps legitimately won the Blue Ribbon in 1893. Of they a city's beer festival, not like... <laughs> yeah. That is I so guess, funny. That, that, that Utah team was fire. Yeah, national champion Anderson and Hester. Oh, Okay. And the Pac-12 website does say below are Pac-12 members recognized as national champions by various, quote, (laughs) major selectors. (laughs) Yeah, and George Klyovkov also acquired the greatest media rights deal in uh, college sports history. (laughs) This this is hilarious. (laughs) So we have have two Pac-12 national champions in 1990. It has Washington (laughs) – Listed on the Pac-12 website. And then right below it is Colorado with the asterisks, though, again, of consensus national yeah. champion. So we have both national I mean, champions in 1990. That was happening a lot, like where they would just sure. say it was two different teams. But yeah. Utah, sorry. I, I can't give it to Utah. And there's more. there's multiple reasons for it. You guys remember who was the defensive coordinator for Utah in 2008? We we tend not to say his name on the oh, show. Oh yeah, <laughs> the the second worst coach in Oregon State football history. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. Also, by the way, they well, have USC in there in 2004, of course. And there's an asterisk again that's like consensus national champions. And then there's right. a little up arrow, and then an up arrow if you scroll down is you know, later vacated due to NCAA penalty. So the Pac-12 still recognizes it. Reggie Bush a cheeseburger. (laughs) uh, And now Caleb Williams has a penthouse that overlooks the beautiful city of LA. (laughs) Wild times. And he's winning Heisman trophies. Yeah, wild times. Wild times. Speaking of of wild times, there is a there is Oregon State football news. There has been rumblings. There's been some declarations as well this past week. Kelvin Hart Jr., linebacker, who only played one year at Oregon State, declared for the draft. He didn't have more eligibility left, but declared for the draft in such a way that people thought he <laughs> might have had eligibility left. Um, you do still need to declare for the draft. Like You don't just like graduate. Like When we graduated, we were also out of eligibility, and... We would we have had for the workforce. Yeah, we we de- I declared for major league soccer interns in 2011, and that yeah. worked out great. I delayed um, my I declaration think... for an entire summer. <laughs> oh, I, de- I declared part time at a tanning salon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gotta start somewhere, man. man. Yeah, I think the more well, good luck to Calvin Hart Jr. He honestly was a 
a huge, huge part of the defense this year. I think and maybe it was overshadowed a little bit by some of the other guys on this unit, but I think was a really, really good pickup. Obviously played really well under Trent Bray and wish him nothing but the best. The more bittersweet one, and that one that I want to give more time to, is the declaration for the 2024 NFL Draft by the one and only JP. Please play five seconds of Masks Off by Future. Andrew Chatfield Jr., savage season, going pro. Uh, It's bittersweet. For a number of reasons, bitter because God damn it, we just love Andrew Chatfield Jr. so much. Yes, uh, but do. sweet because because we love Andrew Chatfield Jr. so much. I think maybe whatever era you're thinking of, one of the best transfers in Oregon State history, and just one of the most fun players that we've gotten to cover in this. You know, now entering our fourth season of this, but we've talked a lot about. I think just how how grateful we've been for the last three seasons where like like Oregon State football becoming fun again. Like it wasn't just winning. Winning was great, obviously, after the five, six, seven years of hell that Oregon State fans went through. But it was so fun. And no one is more fun or has more fun than Andrew Chatfield Jr. So just getting to watch Chat grow as a player and everything he brought to the fan base. And I think he, he could have come back for one more year, but I'm I'm very, very happy for him. And whoever whoever gets him at the next level is getting a dog, <laughs> but a, a beeve specifically. And so many great moments. Benny, you're the biggest Chatfield Jr. fan of anyone I know. So let's <laughs> let's go to your reaction first. Maybe your favorite Chatfield moment besides the moment where you and him got to hang out on the sidelines in Portland <laughs> and he loved your shirt and you guys talked for a little bit and basically became best friends right there yeah. on the sidelines at, oh, at Providence man. Park. What, what a moment. Was it, it was his interception. I think it was against UCLA. Yep. Um, where it got tipped up and he caught it. And then he all of a sudden was, he was way faster than I thought he could run. Um, <laughs> But like, that was is Anthony Gould playing defense now. What the hell's <laughs> happening? <laughs> yeah, I think that it was just a pivotal point in the game. It was such a fun point in the season, too. I know people were a little worried about what the skill set that Dante Moore had and sort of what he could do. And in Chatfield had, if I remember right, a pretty monster first half before he got that interception, too. So I'd say that I also loved his Instagram live feed after the Civil War in in 2022, where he was wearing the orange cowboy hat that was given to the student section (laughs) and saying, they don't know, they don't even know. And then went on to beat the school that he transferred from by a lot in the Las Vegas Bowl. So dude's just a beast. He's he has as much fun as the talent that he has as well. And yeah, wish him nothing but the best. I I will be getting an Andrew Chatfield Jr. Jersey, no matter what team he gets drafted by, unless it's Seattle, but I'll still (laughs) for him. He's going to be a Packer just because I'm a piece of shit 
And it's just, it's going to happen again. They did it to Luke Musgrave. They're going to do it to chat. I hope not. <laughs> but I, I, I echo that sentiment, Benny, and I'll get a Chatfield jersey unless it's, unless it's a Packer. I've seen you really excited at games before, like a lot. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I've seen you more excited outside of like the final moments of the 2022 Civil War than being at the Vegas Bowl. And we're already beating Florida by just a thousand points. <laughs> And so Chatfield, Chatfield Jr. getting home and getting a sack and looking at the Florida sideline and doing the gator chop. Oh, yeah. I, like, that was like the happiest you were all year. And you got married in that same year. <laughs> like, <laughs> not to finish your wedding day, but like I tur- I like got so excited. And I saw him do it. And I turned and looked at you and you were just joy personified <laughs> in, in, a sing, in a single being we were all excited but the look on your face took it to another level um and i will always i will always remember that when i think of chat i don't know because you know in soccer like if you are a striker and you score a goal against a team that you have played for for a really long time you sort of like mellow out the celebration and that's usually the case but if it goes real like if the transfer goes really bad there's a there's like a really bad taste in your mouth from that team that you played for for a long time and you score and you go even crazier that's the feeling that i got with chat when he got that sack on florida like there he may not have been leaving on super great terms with the university so that's if that's true i have no idea if it is but if that's true that sack had to have felt so good yeah 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 shout out chat congrats drew and it is it is bittersweet to see a guy like that that we really enjoyed watching because he made football fun for us yeah uh, to go pro and i mean it's a big difference of like losing a guy to the nfl pursuant of their in pursuit of their dreams versus losing them in the transfer portal though i feel like those waters are getting a little muddied given most people declare for the nfl to pursue their dream of making money from playing football. Sure, yeah. Uh, and a lot of people enter the portal in pursuit of more money while ma- playing football. But the difference, of course, is it's easier to root on a guy who declares to go to the NFL than one who declares that for the portal because they're not going to potentially be your opponent. <laughs> so... I'm 100% on board with Chatfield going to the draft. I wish him well. He was a joy to watch. I was not in the same vein as Anthony Gould and I foot racing towards the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) A very close race. (laughs) It was a very close race. Photo uh, finish. I I was doing something very similar when Chatfield had his interception and was taking it back. I was on Beaver Street. I caught it through, you know, through the crowd. I saw the play. I saw him running. I start running. And yeah, man, I would say if you had to put Chadfield and Gould in a foot race, I think <laughs> I dude, I think Chad's got Close. that M- Michael Johnson sprinter speed. He is just <laughs> sneaky fast. Sneaky Give him fast. the gold cleats with the yeah. golden spikes. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Best of luck, man, and yeah, masks down as he put it on on either Instagram or or X, but yeah, bittersweet, and hopefully this now opens up another opportunity for 
someone else to step up like chat did from the portal or from high school on a defense that needs to continue having fun yeah kind of feels like a niner to me oh dude like jack well jack is not on the niners anymore but no he could he could still come back yeah bring him back come on kyle (laughs) um i'm just just when juice is gone yeah we got to get into more stuff besides football, but I do, we got a couple more things first before we can really move on. Very, very quick. I've seen Talise Fuaga's name move up as high as eighth in wow. mock drafts recently. I've obviously been reading a lot of mock drafts because my Vikings got eliminated from the playoffs <laughs> the other day, so I'll be looking change. at them even more. They, they can be the Super Bowl and you're <laughs> looking at mocks this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the Super Bowl starting in two hours. I'm like, dude, look, like if... Like, if the Chargers could do this in round four, man, like, <laughs> I know, I know, I can't quit it. But I, I've seen, I, I feel I'm going to go into this draft season not muted, but I'm aware at how much hype I put on Luke Musgrave last year. And it's not just that he got drafted by the Packers. It was, I w- there's, there's a lot of smoke signals that he was going to be the first tight end taken, which, of course, he wasn't. And it was a deep tight end class. You know, guys like Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta all had really big years, and Luke was on his way to having one as well before he got hurt. But I was just like, he's going to be the highest drafted Beaver since Brandon Cooks. And now I like feel myself being like, oh, Fuaga is for sure going to be the highest drafted Beaver since Brandon Cooks. And I just don't want that disappointment again. But I'm starting to see him being the a lot a lot of different people having him as a third tackle off the board, which could easily be top 10 if it, if it happens. So but, this is me. I don't want to be heartbroken again, I, but I'm not going to get heartbroken I'm, I'm again, maybe. I'm not going so to here's put a lot of hype say. on this, but Fuaka for the top 10. <laughs> so just, yeah, I'll be tracking that a lot, posting stuff in a variety of places. So, But yeah, Fuaga for top 10. Put it on the board. I said I wasn't going to talk about this at all, and now we're forming a hashtag about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or... Oregon's having an impact on Oregon State football next year. <laughs> Some transfer news, it mm. appears. A familiar face <laughs> coming coming back to the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. Enter the transfer portal, officially a former Ole Miss running back, former Oregon State running back, former Georgia Tech running back, Jam <laughs> Griffin, might have the distinction of being a former and current Oregon State running back, tweeting at Coach Trent Bray, I'm on my way, gangsta, which is just a really baller way to let anyone know (laughs) you're coming. Jam didn't play a ton for Ole Miss this year, although he did have an exceptional special teams tackle in the Peach Bowl against Penn State. (laughs) One of the best kick return tackles I'd, I'd seen. I saw the play and I was like, holy shit. And the, the announcers like got the name wrong and his helmet came off on the play too that was like is that jam and then at like 10 minutes later on twitter there's a bunch of oregon state players were hyping jam up for for the hit so you know you need special teams we play all three phases at oregon state so great that you're a running back you gotta be able to play special teams too um i think look a player leaving, going somewhere for one year where they clearly got some kind of a bag, 
I don't know the amount of money flow the exact amount flowing through the collective and different transfer deals at Ole Miss. I know it is more money than Oregon State. With any of these transfer things, I think it's hard to really read into it much unless you commit to Michigan State the second after the Sun Bowl. That's really the only scenario in which I'll feel some type of way about it. You never know what's going on with someone's life, what curve, why they went somewhere. But someone leaving for the SEC for one year and then coming back, JP, you and I talked about this a little bit, but it's just like it's I don't think it's setting a bad precedent. I don't think you said that either, but it's it's flirting with it a little bit. And I think the only thing that matters is if the coaches want jam and jam wants to be here and the players want to play with jam, then I'm all fucking good with it. And it's not even that's not a jam thing. That's an any player thing. I trust the coaches and the players more than I trust anyone who's just looking at the program through social media and on TV or anything. Those are the guys who are in the room. If that's what they want and they're good with it, then yeah, let's roll with it. But it is, it is something that I think just the modern college football fan has to wrap their head around a little bit. And it's almost like, you know, it's, it's weird. It's just like that person who's going to break up with you, but like, they're not just breaking up with you. They're just breaking up with you to date this other person for a few months. And then they're going to come back once they scratch that particular itch and they use that person for whatever game they needed to, but then they come back. And even like at that point, it's like, okay, that's like, I, I feel used too, though. <laughs> so <laughs> Beaver fans, if you are conflicted about Jam Griffin, who was a key contributor to the 2022 Beavs, coming back you're not alone it's a complex issue but it looks like jam griffin in the oregon state backfield in 2024 uh um, gonna be a loaded backfield yeah absolutely we'll see how things shake out when the yeah. new the new portal window opens up and i think it's in spring after maybe some of the spring ball stuff and fuck i forgot there's another transfer portal window <laughs> yeah oh, Dude, it's only gonna get busier and busier god yeah damn. but i'm excited for jam to be back yeah terry like you mentioned I think I think two things can be true. One is that you're you're stoked that Jam's back. I think there's been some discussion online about why he left. I mean, I'm sure there was some incentive financially. Damnation was just getting off the ground as a collective at Oregon State, and I would assume that Ole Miss was a little bit more ahead when it came to having a program in place to take care of players and especially lure players, which is. Again, what Oregon State's collective damnation does not do, they don't. They do not put money at throw money at players in the portal to convince them to come. That's technically against NIL rules, but no one knows how to enforce this stuff. But there was rumblings also that he he was looking for another opportunity to get closer to the southeast where he needed to help out with family. So. I see why he given an opportunity to come back with uh, not to say that Newell wouldn't be the perfect backup. Cause I think that he would be not just a perfect backup, but he could potentially be a, a starting caliber back for a lot of programs, but to get some a, a more experience back with Fenwick out of eligibility, uh, I think that's a huge gain for Oregon state. I also will assume that Jam's just going to have a great time doing this because he's already familiar. He's back. Whatever you know, family things he was helping out with or dealing with are seemingly settled enough that he 
could come back to the Northwest. And if you recall, this is where it made me do a double take when he entered the portal was I remember him leaving last year that he was a grad transfer for Ole Miss. And he was. I double checked today. He was a grad transfer for Ole Miss, but he had two years of eligibility, which I've never heard of. I feel like a grad transfer always ends up with that one extra year, but he is a grad transfer for Ole Miss. And then I guess he's also a grad transfer for Oregon State. And the way he committed or alluded to committing and Everything else about this situation makes me think that he's just going to have a ton of fun and make this a fun moment for him and the team. But the precedent thing is a little bit worrisome. And and I think, that, again, like the two things can be true. And right. a player's ability to enter the portal, to be lured into the portal with promises from other programs that used to and still technically are barred from these kind of communications, but through third-party channels, they can make it happen. There's there's a lot more of these kind of conversations happening. And if, not just to say Oregon State, but a program that ha- develops a great athlete and a great player, and then they get lured into the portal, and either A, it doesn't work out, or B, it was even agreed upon to be a one-year thing before re-entering the portal again the next year, and then returning to the school it it feels yeah a little bit not to say that the jam situation slimy but that kind of thing could end up very slimy where people are bailing on the schools that developed them that that entrusted them and gave them a scholarship gave them education for money temporarily and then falling back to them and being welcomed with open arms right that's a very huge generalization of what this scenario yeah. is but at the same point that that is theoretically what somebody else could do and follow the same footsteps what Jam just did, right. and it could be malicious. So it is a little bit worrisome, uh, and I, and this might be one of the first times I've ever even heard of this occurring. I think I it more just yeah. shows like it shows even more transparency that like this is the true wild wild west. Yeah, and like there's no restrictions like set in place. I I don't think there's anything slimy going on with this particular setting. No, but I agree. Like what you I said, agree. it's like you can essentially enter college with the intention of just signing four consecutive one-year deals. Yep. Wherever. Yep. And, and coaches can approach you with that same thing, or their you know boosters and their collectives. They could take the same angle. Hey, yeah. you don't have to come in here for four years. Come here this year. We need you this year, especially if you had a great year as a freshman or a sophomore. And they're like, we could use you now. You're you're college ready. You're big time ready. Come to us this year. Next year, though, we've got our five star guy coming. So unless you want to compete with them, right? Like this is a one year thing. And if well, we're you could raise your that, NFL draft stock enough in one year to where you're going pro before the five star even gets here. <laughs> and, and, right. and if so you like don't, that. you're the school that just had you would probably love to have you back. Right. And I mean that is a good recruiting angle for a school like. I don't know, UConn or something, right? Where it's like the schools that you want to go to don't have an open spot. We do come play yeah. for us next year. And then when and they have an a, open you spot, get a year out of a player you wouldn't have had otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's because like it, it was almost as if people before the transfer portal really became the transfer portal were like, look, like 
in pro sports, you can choose which team you want to go to in free agency, but you sign up three, four or five year long contract in most cases. Right. And like, and this, it's also, it's also none not of that. just it's... anywhere. Like there are s- salary caps. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. cup picks and, and, and things of that nature. So. I, I, I agree with you guys, though. I don't think the jam I, I don't think that the jam situation has anything to do with money because you have to think like a guy who was really third string running back at a school in the Pac-12 would not have bags of money thrown at him by right. a really good school in the SEC to not play at all. So I I think that to your point, JP, it probably has more to do with family than anything. And if if that's the case, I have no problem with this. But I mean, yeah, second in everything yeah. you guys said, it does have a dangerous presence. And with it, like Ole Miss specifically too, Ole Miss is going crazy in the portal right now. They're getting guys, but they've also lost some of their best players uh, from last year too, who have entered the portal. So I, I don't think there's really anything to be deduced from this yeah. other than in the past, you couldn't just leave a school, go to a new school when it didn't work out there. I do think I'm remembering, I think there was, when I was in high school, there was a gopher basketball player who transferred to Arkansas and it didn't work out. And he transferred back to the university of Minnesota and ended up being in college for like seven years because he, okay, he had to, to sit, sit for two outside. years. Yeah. He had to sit for was it two full years? It may unless have been, the yeah. second one was a grad transfer. Then no, there were, the second one may have been a grad transfer at that point. But I do remember that it was it was Mo Hargrove. He was like went down to Arkansas, and then a couple of years later, someone was like, "Oh, Mo's back on the Gophers now." I was like, "Oh." Weird. Say, say goodbye to that guy. But all right, yeah, welcome back. I guess um, it's weird. But hey, welcome back to the backfield, Jam Griffin, OSU yeah. Jam. He's on fire. Boom shakalaka. And while I'm worried, I'm not worried about our quarterback room. I am worried about the receiver room, and I'm worried about the offensive line room. I'm not worried about the running back room. And in a year where your coach leaves prematurely and kind of takes a bunch of people with him and your conference also abandons you and leaves you for dead. I think being a two for four on those uh, skill positions, I, I'm not worried about the tight end room either. So I'm three for five. I think that's a fine, <laughs> fi- fine spot to be in. Maybe Gundy will actually recognize running backs as someone as players who can catch the ball out of the backfield like Lindgren refused to ever fucking do whatever that's not the point of this episode it's an offseason episode <laughs> I'm sorry should we go to the hardwood let's do it let's take it there we get accused of being homers a lot and I don't even really take offense to it because I think it's true and I think we try to be fair I do think and I'm going to preface, I'm say that because I think this is maybe the most positive I've felt about an 0-4 Oregon State basketball weekend. Yeah, maybe ever. I'll go to men's first because there is more concern there. They're now 9-6. and six. First two true two road games of the season. They lost at Wazoo. They lost at UW. To echo our friends, the Peyton years, can we get a fucking whistle? Oregon State outshot at the free throw line, not in like percentage, just in actual free throws. They got out, they lost to the Cougs by seven points. The Cougs shot like 73 more free throws on the Palouse. 
wasn't much better of a ratio in Seattle after that. The Cougs game was really tough. Beyond blaming the officials, which I don't want to fully do, um, the game <laughs> only partially. Our, our our bigs our bigs got in foul trouble right away, and we also didn't have Dex. And I think th- these two games, we Dex was very like limited in the Seattle game. I think these two games have only illustrated how important of a player Dex is. Yes, he had been playing the best basketball we'd seen him in in Oregon State uniform, which conjured reminders of why Marquette students started the hashtag hashtag Dex to NBA when he was a freshman at Marquette because that was how <laughs> it was like it was like a joke but like a just kidding but seriously kind of joke you know so Noah Cano on on Thursday I'm disappointed overall and I think we need to find a way to get more production out of the bigs but in a way it's just kind of like yeah this is where the team's at and not to put it entirely on the officials because I think there was some a lot of sloppy defense being played on our part, but also in two games, like to be essentially be taking 25% of the total free throws to 25 to 30% of the total free throws in a two game set. Like that's just in college basketball, that's a massive difference. Yeah. So I think we just need to be a little bit more aggressive on offense to try and draw those plays. We do need to figure out something with our with our post defense, though, because while I thought we got whistled a little unfairly and didn't get those same calls on our end, it's not like <laughs> we were getting just complete complete injustice every single time they brought the ball inside. But not awful losses, <laughs> which when you're talking about Oregon State men's basketball. That's what you're hoping for. So at least I think there's a little bit to chew on with this series that the men's team just played. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the two, the two having your first two road games in January is tough. Um, yes. And especially for a young uh, team. Yeah, it just seemed like that. That seemed like a really weird scheduling anomaly. I, I agree. The free throws were a problem, but also like the right side that i see is going on the road and holding your own in the rebounding yeah that right like that that is something we talked about last week and i think that's important that's what's going to keep you in these games on the road we did not shoot very well against washington state and we were in that i mean we were controlling that game in the first half and certainly had that game within our grasp up until the end pulling up the numbers we shot under 35 percent i think we had a yeah. really we couldn't uh, we couldn't find the body 30, sex, 36. to save our life. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. but but the entire team outside of Pope just above or just a, a shade under twenty seven percent shooting. That's awful. And and so that's the final thing I was gonna say is that Jordan Pope, we know that he is talented. I, I don't think that I would get any argument from you guys that he's the most talented all around player on this team, certainly off in the world. <laughs> in the world. And it was great to see him have the performance that he did in both of these games, specifically in the UW game, getting a career high 29 points. But that's the shit that you're going to need on the road too. You're going to need your big top primetime players step up. Jordan did. He just needs to get a little help from the other guys. But like, I think 
this is going to be a learning experience. It's sort of that second step on top of the foundation that was roughly built last year. You're going to see this team grow a lot. And I think this was a test that they had not had being on the road, being conference games on the road. And they're going to learn from this and they're going to be, they're going to get better as the season goes on at a more rapid rate than most of the teams in the conference. So I think that these two games really did give me a whole lot of hope for the rest of the year. We saw what they did with USC and UCLA, and this series shows that those two games were not flukes. Oregon State is a team that will be in most games that they play this year in conference season, and I didn't think that going into the conference part of the season like i yeah, I, I did fair, i yeah. thought it was going to be a big struggle this you, year you, it's clearly you not going the, to be. you were the resident you know negative nancy Pessimist. in our in yeah. our group in our group chat for that yeah um so happy happy to hear you've got some hope so that you can be heartbroken like the rest of us when, <laughs> when, when things go bad well so so we we tweeted out you guys alluded to this we tweeted out that good things happen when casey's on the floor yeah he and, was and awesome. it's true uh, he was awesome against wazoo yeah, when that guy is out there, he, he's just kind of one of those like the ball finds him. He's like a ball magnet, and 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 he's able to make the right play, might right read, especially on the offensive side. I feel like he's got a little bit more carry there. But I I, I don't want to be a pessimist now, but I would say that these two games did not make me feel all that confident as I did against UCLA and USC. And the reason, of course, I can chalk it up to, yeah, a very late first road test makes it challenging to measure a team, also a young team. Uh, But I was hoping that potentially we would take one of them. And I know it was close in both at half and we put up a really good fight against UW, but it didn't look like we had anything. We can get anything going against Wazoo in the second half. True. Similarly, I think that this team has a ton of promise, but I'm worried. And this is why I'm not as optimistic about this season, because I'm worried about the timelines of their development. I think Jordan Pope has arrived. He has 20 points, or more in four of his last five games, including all four Pac-12 matchups. He's shooting lights out from not just the field, but the three-point line. Then we've got guys like Bilodeau, who we who showed a lot of promise last year and has built upon that this year. But I feel like I'm not seeing that extra step just yet about him, and I feel like sometimes his... His offensive game, for example, is a lot of he's very, very good at cleaning up misses. And that's where he gets his points, and that's where he gets his boards. And when he wasn't getting those looks, clean looks or boards against like Wazoo, he didn't play. He didn't play. And the the part that was interesting to me was I didn't see the team suffer from that. So that's why I want to see him be more of a force on offense. And honestly, I think that Jordan Pope has arrived, but I need to see him be more of a force of getting his teammates the ball. We know he can shoot. We know he can handle, but he needs to get these guys involved. And and maybe that's what I mean, but maybe that's not the best setup to win right right now. I do. And, And that's why I don't know if we have the timelines synced up 
where guys like a Beckway, where guys like Ratai, Billado can all be serviceable to reliable scorers on a game where where Jordan maybe is off into distributing the ball instead. And mm-hmm. it that's that's a that's a concern. That's a concern, especially in these road contests where we historically under Tinkle have not fared right. well ever. It's been pretty yeah. bad. I think yeah. you need for to even come close to hitting what I'd say most Oregon State fans would be happy with this season. You can't have Billado be the second best player. I don't think you can have a Beckway be the second best player. You definitely can't have Ritai be the second best player. The second best player has to be a healthy Dex playing well. <laughs> so yeah. we need him available and playing exactly what he was before missing some time this weekend with foot injury. So because after you're thin after that there's no one who is a real sort of dynamic threat on the offensive end of the ball there are guys who can can score in like very specific ways but you you can get something going when you have jordan going and dex going and they're healthy and making shots but if you're missing one of them you become really one-dimensional and that I'd say, I'd say that real realization from this weekend. Obviously, it's still early, but I'd say that is a little disappointing from this weekend. Just Dex being out means because there re- there weren't many moments this weekend where there's any like offensive continuity or any kind of a rhythm. The best moments were when we had <laughs> some defensive momentum going, and we could muck the game up, which is a fine way to win games in college basketball. But but we don't get defensive. Momentum going when we don't have some of our big men on the floor because, yeah, they're in foul trouble. Because, like, four of them have four fouls simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, Beckway and Bill Adeau had, like, 15 fouls between the two of them over the two games this weekend. <laughs> that, that's impossible, but <laughs> close. No, it's not possible. Uh, you can't have 15 fouls between two players. Over two games? Right. You can. What? Oh, I, I was thinking you, the way you had them averaging like seven and a half fouls a game. I'm like, that's no, a... <laughs> no, no, no. Between them, they're averaging seven and a half fouls a game. <laughs> right, right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ma- math I'm not editing that out. <laughs> Don't edit it out. <laughs> math is science. Numbers are beautiful. We love math. <laughs> we do, we, we do just might math. not be the best at it. Better, better losses. <laughs> better losses. Women's basketball had a just heartbreaking god damn it 56-54 loss at number 9 USC on Friday and that I was followed up with a 9 point loss at number 2 UCLA on Sunday the game against UCLA one really bad third quarter just kind of sunk the beeves but even with that they got within 6 in the fourth against USC. USC Juju Watkins is one of the best players in the country and had 28 points, but she got 28 points on 33 shots and shot 11 of 33 from the field. I think our defense was pretty phenomenal in both games. Talia went off against the Trojans. Reagan went off against the Bruins. Uh, I think the biggest biggest shining light is the game that Donovan Hunter had against USC specifically. She played well against UCLA too, but 
just she's a pretty unflappable first year player yes. a ruthless defender gets teammates open moments confident not with too her big shot. for her confident with her shot and just you know we had so many good looks down low and you know it's couldn't another situation where you just want to get a whistle but it's also a hard spot to get a whistle and yeah, that USC loss is going to haunt us for a long time, I feel like. But it was really good basketball on display. And, of course, we have not moved into the top 25 of the AP poll yet, but we have received more votes from the voting public than previously. So I do think it's a pair of losses, but you're playing two top 10 teams on the road. Stock in this team for sure went up this weekend. Yeah, and- for sure. Yeah. Well, they the, the voters we're tuning in because we were playing our big 10 opponents. So that was the only reason they were watching, which is bullshit, man. Yeah. The SC game was just torture because Reagan, Reagan just had a tough night. Couldn't get it going. We had our chances. We had multiple chances at the end of the game. And we, we gave, we gave Reagan really decent looks, but yeah, she was hacked a bit and just couldn't get the ball through the cylinder as you know the time crunch was coming down on her that was a heartbreaker and that was i think one that sc you could see their players after the game they were like oh whoo we we lucked out we should have lost that one ucla they felt confident and in control the whole time especially after half they went on a decent run and that made it difficult for us yeah to to make that climb back into the game. And we, we pretty much fought that the the rest of the next two quarters. I think we had like, I don't know, a, a five minute stretch or something where UCLA scored like 11 or something points. And we were scoreless. Maybe we scored two, but either way it was, it was a clear run. And it was that the team was just like the team is in UCLA was like, right. all right, we need to, we need to, you know, shut this down now. But I love there's there's a lot of resiliency amongst our players. They were not ready to bow out of this fight. There's something about both men's and women's hoops playing these LA schools that feels like there's an extra chip on their shoulder where they are not willing to go down easy. And it's kind of cool to see because at least as a fan, I'm chalking that one up to that they hate those schools as much as us fans do for being the uh, first dominoes to fall in the destruction of their conference and our conference. So yeah, love to see it. It would, it would have been great to walk away with a split for, for the women's team down in LA. I had predicted a split, I think last week that we would be able to take one of those games, but man, I was, I was really, really bullish on that. The SC game. I just felt like they were playing yeah. Collectively, very, very well. Uh, so even well. Just even, even with Reagan having a tough, a tough night, and that's again a very important for a successful team, especially on the road, is when one of your biggest threats and scorers can't get it done. Who can step up? And obviously, we know Talia is a is not just a credible scorer. I mean, she is one of the biggest threats. I think uh, from the guard position in all of college basketball, but this season has been predicated on. Reagan success thus far, and you know Talia was you know ready to to put the team back on her back. I'm sure it's quite sore from doing that the last couple of years. So 
maybe the reprieve was nice for her, but she was ready. She, I mean, she answered the call. They, they had their chance. The, the, the crazy thing to me with the helpful. Sorry, Benny. Go ahead. For sure. Like, yeah, I agree with that. The the crazy thing about the SC game is that we had triple the turnovers that SC had, uh, and, and SC played a super clean game. They only had five turnovers the entire game, which is almost an incredible stat. But yeah, I, with that given, like we did have a chance to win it at the end, and that is against a top ten team on the road. So. I think that's, you know, one of the main reasons why we are still getting a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot of love, but we're still being recognized for being a school that should be getting some national attention. Um, mm -hmm. And the only you... national attention we got preseason was, is Scott Ruick on the hot seat or the warm seat? And I think <laughs> it's safe to say his seat is at least room temperature and... Yeah we're pretty excited about the rest of the season for this team. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you have the, the good thing is that you have all the pieces there, right? Like you have this team, unlike the men's team where it's like, we need, you know, these players to be playing exceptionally well for us to have a chance. We do need a wish and a prayer to, right? to, to get back to the tourney on the men's It's side. like the pieces are all there for this women's team and you saw them getting put together pretty damn near close to perfect, at least in the SC game, which, I mean, if anything, that that's the just going to show like this is going to be an exciting game or exciting season, you know? So, yeah, the, these were probably the two most difficult games that we were going to have schedule. all year. Yeah. 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 Uh, they're well, back. Oh, well, real quick. One last point I want to I want to mention is. That I would love to see. I I really want to see Adley Blacklock get out there again and get some more run. Her her shooting at the end of last year was phenomenal, phenomenal, and really kind of carried the team into the tournament and, and onward. And so I think that there's a lot. There are a lot of great shooters that are getting minutes for the Beavs right now. Obviously, Talia Donovan, as we talked about. AJ, Tamia, they can all they can all launch and are you know decent shots that go up whenever they do take those threes. But we've been struggling from that from the three, and it makes these comebacks even more difficult. Yeah, and and there that was a staple for for Adley last year was her three three ball was just crazy, and she hasn't got a ton of run. And maybe that's just you know a, a depth thing, but I would I would like to see Scott shake it up a bit, get her out there, especially when they're trying to space the floor for some of the bigs. With if if they have both Tamia and Reagan on the floor at the same time, put Allie out there to get some good looks from outside the arc. But man, we'll see we'll see where things go. But yeah, this was our tough stretch, and so it's time to come home. And they will Arizona schools this weekend at gill so <clears throat> get out there if you're in the corvallis area phil gill as always what's what's a what's a better night in winter time in corvallis than gill beer gill dog night at legendary gill coliseum watching Especially a legendary now that there's a gill beer yeah now you have no excuse yeah <laughs> so, can Back someone when we tell us yeah but can call somebody... the gill beer back when we were 23 year old seniors <laughs> 
<laughs> no, they didn't sell beer at Gill. I know. That's like, what I'm saying. That oh, was, yeah. That's what I mean, I was telling Benny. No, no, no. I'm saying, is it called the Gill beer? Oh, I don't know. But yes. They should sure. have it called. Yeah. The, yeah, the Gill beer. As someone should brew a Gill beer. If you're, you're, drinking with pain, if you're not going to yeah. sponsor us, at least brew a Gill beer. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that hard to just that, name whatever that beer you're making. That should have a fish on it. That should that, have a that fish should... on it. Oh, yeah, a fish, fish gill. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I get it. I get it. Ooh. Uh, Gill's call. But does anyone know when they – did they ever did they ever serve alcohol at Gill before this? Like ever, I ever? So. I mean, Gill's been around so. for like 80 it, years. It was – it was when we were freshmen. It was still, yeah, but that wasn't 80 years ago. I'm talking I like know. you don't think they sold beer? In, people were smoking cigarettes in the stands in 1950. Like – I was smoking cigarettes in the stands in 2005. <laughs> um, right, before we out ourselves too much, we should move on to another amazing night at Gill. Record-breaking right, night. Fine. Um, maybe I agree. if you if you have any intel on the alcohol policy of legendary Gill Coliseum in the 1950s, please DM at Beebs on X, yeah. formerly known <laughs> as Twitter. Uh, if Sam for the Payton uh, doesn't know this, then yeah. We have an investigative journalism piece that we're, that we're working very hard on. Oregon State Wrestling. Coach Pendleton. Legendary coach. Legendary program. Hosted Penn State the other night on January 5th. The number one team in America. What did Oregon State fans do, my dear JP? Oh, they packed the house. They packed the house. They did. We did what we do. We showed yeah. the fuck up and showed the fuck yep. out. Eight thousand five hundred forty fans in Gill Coliseum. That is a record for a wrestling meet. So, congrats to Coach Pendleton and the Beeves. It looked great uh, for, on TV. I'm sorry I couldn't make it, but I, I I did know somebody dude, who yeah the, the who had no affiliation with Oregon State, but was a re- is a wrestling fan, a college wrestling fan, and was like, I gotta get there. I've heard great things about Gill. Oregon State's got a yeah. great program. Obviously, Penn State. Everyone knows about them. Going, I'm going down for the match, and yeah. they were there. They sent me a photo, and it looked just exquisite, it, absolutely, like, just amazing. And just a testament to what Coach P has done. The results didn't go our way. Obviously, Penn State is the number one team in the country. Oregon State, number 16 in the country, which is good. But 16, famously not number one. They get some dubs on the night. There is a one in 16, though. I know numbers. There is a one. That is true. (laughs) Huge dubs in the 184-pound weight class. Oregon State Beaver Trey Munoz. Took down one of Penn State's best wrestlers, chap named Bernie Truax, which just that's just a college wrestler ass name right there. Um, and also a football <laughs> practice complex. And a football complex practice Truax. complex name. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if he's of any relation to the the name. I don't know. Bernie, like, it could Bernie be like the junior for Benny? So somebody is named Benny <laughs> Truax after Benny Beaver, and then he was Bernie Truax. I'm just reaching. That's not a. But no. I probably but congrats, right. Congrats, congrats to Trey. On the night, Penn State took took it home, thirty six to three. But other Oregon State wrestlers showed out as well. Cleveland Belton and Isaiah Crosby, in particular. Lost just some really close heartbreakers against, again, can't say it enough, the best team <laughs> in the country. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just dope that the Oregon State fans showed out the way in which they did. I think it's great that Penn State 
not you know we've talked about big programs not wanting to come to Corvallis for a number of things in a number of sports so I think it's a testament to coach P and the job that his whole staff has done that a team like Penn State is like yeah let's go to Corvallis and like have that be a part of our season and our resume for our hopes of chasing a national championship so, yeah the respect the respect level is i mean it's uh, it's clearly so obvious let's, let's make sure this doesn't happen just one time though we're gonna have coach p on the podcast sometime soon i think next week might be a good week because they do have the week off they are off until january 19th when they host uh, cal poly who is a pac-12 foe in wrestling i know every, with realignment and shit what are they gonna always... do with realignment what <laughs> Everyone forgets about Cal Poly. USC and UCLA, you fucked Cal Poly too. So they're on uh, your long and ever-growing list of enemies. And, and we are happy. SCSU for soccer. And, and SCSU for soccer. Lots. Lots. Our, our alliances run deep. It's like, you know, the end of Avengers Endgame. When everyone... Yeah. Don't when fuck they're with all, us. When, when they're all assembling. <laughs> It's yeah, it's fantastic. So Phil Gill again, January nineteenth for Oregon State Wrestling. And track these boys all season because they're gonna make some noise on the national stage. And uh mm-hmm. the- gonna learn from this Penn State game or this Penn State meet and we'll 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 be better from it. The pictures from the match are incredible. The, right. they really did Phil Gill. That is that is awesome. Yeah, and they had the, the lights down on the uh, on the stands. We talked yeah. about this before. They did the full entrance, man. They had the sparks, the smoke, the lasers, I mean, the, the helicopter yeah. noises, the Tyrannosaurus Rex screaming. <laughs> but the, you know, the I have to, I have, I have one critique. It's on the wrestlers, and that's that they didn't really pimp it as much as they should have walking out through the smoke. Yeah, they were. I mean, obviously they were focused. They had a job to do. And I get that. I but think part of me was kind of like focused of athletes, and you, you, they're like ready to, you know, apply their craft in the way that they've mastered. And you're just like, just come out doing the soldier boy, man. Come on. Yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> can you wear a fur like jacket or like oh. a yeah, fur lined robe and like a, a a crown and just walk out it's, with it's a not cane? Professional wrestling. <laughs> it's not I know. WWE. But they were this close with all the smoke and all the all the sparks and the I dim lights. The smoke. Yeah. I love the smoke. We want the smoke. All the smoke. Yeah, we do. Benny, you're Benny, you're muted. We want the smoke, and so much so that yeah, our Benny next, wa- Benny our next wants meet was the smoke, canceled, but but not enough to uh, unmute himself. I just unmuted myself. I said we should be coming out with some gators on our feet because it's hard to keep them down. I want the Rolex wearing. The Rolex. Now I don't remember how it goes, but you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, airplane flying, son oh of a gun. God. <laughs> I like it. I Maybe think it's that, time uh, to consider ending the show. <laughs> why? I thought that was well okay. done. Good job, Terry. Oh, good job, Benny. God, I can't even say your name's right. Bad, bad, bad job, Terry. Bad job, Terry. Terry. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do you guys like how I this is on on me as well but also on us for not talking enough wrestling but how I differentiated wrestling in the show notes where like football's the gridiron basketball's the hardwood oh. baseball and softball's the bout cuz the what, the, the, the what's mat it is already gymnastics the bout because they're wrestling a, a wrestling match is called a bout 
Mm. So I didn't know if I should call it the bouts because there are technically multiple bouts in each or wrestling meet. About. How about? <laughs> How about that? How about the diamond where the Oregon State baseball team is ranked ninth by perfect game heading into the 2024 season? I think that's exciting and fun. It's about eight spots short, but, you know, we're used to the, the little bit of a bias, and I think uh, single digits is a nice uh, show of growth from the national pundits and the punditry going into this season. And they also named our boy, our favorite, number 37 in your programs, number one in your hearts, uh, Travis Bazana as a preseason All-American. What a, nice. what a no- nice achievement for, for Travi. Knifey <laughs> Spoonie. Played some knifey spoony. Gary, hey, we, did you crack a Foster's mate to celebrate oh, the knifey spoony? We we had a nice exchange with Travis on on IG. He had a story, and I don't really recall what it was, but we said, "Wait, are there really people in Australia who don't know who Travis Bazana is? They got to start listening to the pod." And then, yeah, his response was ninety nine point. Nine 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 percent of Australia has no clue. So I said, not for long. So he, <laughs> we're, we gotta keep, we gotta keep pumping up, Travi. We're gonna start sponsoring go. Knifey Spoonie tournaments. We do get like two percent of our listeners from Australia. So I've been seeing him in like the top five of the MLB draft coming up. When is it? Yeah, summertime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like June. number three, June. pretty consensively. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I've started noticing, by the way, not to take any of the spotlight away from Travis, because I think he's not only deserving of it this season, but going to earn it as well. It's going to be an incredible show from him carrying this number nine to number one squad with with his bag, glove, and speed. But I've already seen people put incoming freshman or now freshman Trent Caraway. Yeah. In there's a lot of hype for Caraway. Like as the number one potential overall pick, what? When, in, he can't be the pick in, this year, in, right? And I know in three years when he's right. like as a as his first when he's draft eligible, eligible. Yeah. yeah, number one. Yeah. What what some that ad, is some Adley Rutschman shit? Yeah, what's up, Trent? I know you're listening. Trent's listening. And what up, I will, Trent? I think Travis is being modest about the the ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Australians. We do know How that hundred percent, a hundred percent of Australians know who Gary Bizana is, uh, the true. number one listener of the Belligerent Peeves podcast. That is true. So Wait, did, it's only did due Trent, time. Only due time, Travis. Did Trent Caraway go to your Sarah, no. or did he go to Malik Murphy's Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> the differentiation is JP's Sarah or Malik Murphy's Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we talked about it last not, week. Not Tom oh. Brady, Sarah, or Barry Bonds' Sarah, JP Sarah, and no. the other one's Malik Murphy. <laughs> They're not the quarterback to be who real. thought about going to Oregon State one time is how he'll be remembered. He was in Corvallis. <laughs> he went to the yeah. Malik Murphy, Sarah. He was in Corvallis for about an hour and a half longer than JT Daniels was that one time. <laughs> yeah, JT Daniels was like, oh, that guy's yeah, so he went to a practice. Weird. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he retired in cowboy boots. Yeah, he uh, he retired. Yeah, because of concussions, and so I feel for him because his mm. passion was stripped from him due to the detriments of participating in said passion. But um, yeah, he was at practice for a day, 
And then he asked for what a private chef, six figure salary and a house purchased for him and flew flew away like, empty handed. Like a six bedroom house, which is like this I don't think there is one in Corvallis. <laughs> Well, you, we can. Yeah. We he should have you... just moved into our fraternity house. Who is <laughs> yeah, our, who's so our many Who is our private chef? Oh, what fuck. was her name? Linda. Well, no, that was uh, Cindy. Cindy, but the guy after Cindy. Uh, why was... are you saying Cindy? Like, yeah, Cindy. Cindy. She was such a good cook. She was a good cook. Yeah, she um, was a great cook. Was it Dave? No, Dave was no. <laughs> Bill was it Bob? Dave? <laughs> Dave just starts. Dude, we had, we had the head chef. Remember Gables? That was like the steakhouse. Oh yeah, yeah. It, yeah. We had the chef from Gables. My mm-hmm. papa loved Gables. Mike, shout Mike. out His Gables. Name was Mike, Mike. The Gables, by the way, it's not just Gables. Mark, Mark, it's Mark, the, Mark. Gables. the Gables. Oh, the Gables. Yeah, classy. Anyway, no one gives it was a classy. shit about it. Yes, they do. Uh, it was a good steakhouse. I'm saying. I'm saying no one gives a shit about who cooked in our fraternity 12 oh, years ago. Uh, <laughs> longer than that. I was going to say we could give JT, like the request was six, a six bedroom house. We could give him six dorm rooms and like one floor and like, yeah, just maybe put some caution tape in front of that section or something. He could be um, on the seventh floor crew. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was no. Second floor. We have to do gymnastics. We we gotta get to gymnastics before we wrap this up, and we're already over time. <laughs> but overtime. That's what I mean. Jam, jam, jam to the jam. mat with two wins and a loss at the Mean Girls Super Sixteen. Who's your guys' favorite character in Mean Girls? Gretchen. She's so fresh. Uh, honestly, She's I didn't so ever. I I've seen it. A Are multiple you not times. fluent in Mean Girls? This no, because my younger sister is. She can quote the entire movie literally from beginning to end, and so I didn't need to. So yeah, I'll say so that my sister Erin Taft is my favorite mean girl. Erin uh, is kind of a mean girl. <laughs> anyway, yes. So fetch, and this meet was fetch, not all the way fetch. Oregon State beat BYU and Southern Utah, and they lost to Minnesota, which I am officially saying is my fault. It is. Fuck you, Terry. Why did you do that? But... Number 13 team in the country. We posted the big note here is we posted a session best in bars uh, with a cumulative score of 49.65, powered by Jade Carey's 9.975, which should have been a 10. Show me the fucking blemish. Show me the blemish. Uh, but I was chatting with our friend Warren DeGray today. I know he was on our Discord as well. Join the Belligerent Bees Discord in case you haven't yet. But Warren... And now we're talking about how bars has sort of been maybe the Achilles heel for this team over the past number of years. It's not that they've been bad at bars, but you know, with five different events, you're going to be the best at one and you're going to have something where you, you can probably have a little bit more room for improvement. And bars has been where, not where we've been our strongest, but this score, again, the session best for the meet highest score uh, highest team score on the bars since march of 2013 so for the bars to be a highlight at the first meet of the season and also with you know jade was fantastic on the bars but so were a lot of other gymnasts as well 
Sage Thompson is one transfer from Utah, perennial power Utah. So it looks like we really, we really stole one from a competitor there. And Warren also talked about uh, Ellie Weaver's floor routine being highlight from the night. Floor has always been kind of our, our area and Ellie didn't participate in floor last year. And so for her sort of debut floor uh, in this first meet of the season to be that damn good is uh, pretty impressive and pretty exciting. So not a clean sweep, but a good overall showing, I'd say, from is, the, yeah. the first meet. And also Jade being completely locked in. We'll still we'll see a lot of Jade this year. It will be interesting because she does have to do everything with an eye towards preparing for the Olympics. So I think we'll only see her on bars and beam, likely for risk prevention. But also, according to Warren, the skills and style of execution that she'll need in her run uh, for Paris, which aren't totally allied with collegiate gymnastics. Um, The judging's different, the expectations are different, the emphasis is different, and we want Jade to win more gold medals. So that is kind of just the difficult needle to, to thread for not only Jade, but the entire team this year. Yeah, there was... Do we know if... There, uh, go ahead. No, no, you have a question, go. I, I was just going to ask, is it... Do we know if it's the same or similar Olympic team in Paris as it was in Tokyo? Like, is essentially Simone Biles going to be on the team or are they going to be looking for maybe a new face for USA Gymnastics? Mm. I... I, I, I don't, don't know. know the answer to that, but, but I, would I don't, say, I, would I don't say... think we'll know the team itself until late spring. Like there's the new face is already, it's Jade. It's going to, it, it's Jade. It will be Jade. And that's, I was going to kind of allude to this with what I was going to say, Benny, before you asked the question was that I, we were kind of expecting this last year with, with the USA, whatever, whatever it was she was going to participate in. it was like, they're going to, you know, not let her participate in all of the events and she'll be super limited. And that didn't come to fruition. And I was a little bummed to see that she wasn't on the floor. Yeah. Cause she's incredible. I, yeah. I mean, she, and, but, but it also is one of those things of like, what else does she have to prove at the college level? So I hope we get to see some of it this year. It's pretty amazing that this is now our third year of watching Jade Carey. It doesn't feel like it's been already two right. years <laughs> that we were excited for her to be joining the program and rooting for her in the Olympics. But, you know, here we are. This is, this is, yeah, you know, getting close to wrapping up her collegiate career at this point. Now it's closer to that than the beginning. And, with her participating in less events, this is like another call, a plea to Beaver fans everywhere to get out to Gill to watch this team, not just Jade. There's some phenomenal talent. We talked about Sage transferring in, and there are people talking about that she's going to potentially have the kind of season that would steal, would be great enough to steal the spotlight from even an excellent Jade season. And I think part of that wow. is also alluding to that Jade isn't well, going to be a full participant a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, like I'm, a, I'm assuming that's alluding to the fact that Jade isn't a full participant across all events as she had once been. So maybe not steal is the best phrase, but maybe expand. Sure. Terry borrow, but Bar- <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I wasn't stealing. I was borrowing it. But man, yeah, like this team looks looks just as good as advertised, as not lost a step. Obviously, there were some really important seniors on the team last year. But yeah, they they helped kind of create this culture and this drive for excellence that has permeated through the rest of these gymnasts. And it shows, it shows. And this was, you know, an early indicator of what I hope to be and what I assume to be another pretty exciting and successful season for our gymnastics team. Absolutely. And you can keep supporting them as early as this week where they head to beautiful Piscataway, New Jersey for the Rutgers January quad where they will face uh, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights naturally, but also Southern Connecticut State and Utica. Utica College, Utica University, Utica. Utica. If anyone who is as fluent in the office as I am, please let me know because I really want to make a we will burn Utica to the ground joke, but I don't (laughs) want anyone to take it seriously. (laughs) I'm quoting Dwight Schrute and I'm not going to do that, but I will steal your copier Utica. Anyway, you guys, we did it. Another perfect episode of the Legend Beers podcast. 124 of them now. 10, 10, 110. As many tens as Jade Carey has been denied, just like her routine this episode, didn't contain a single blemish. No Not blemishes. One. No blemish detected. Show it to me. Can we bring that shirt back to the store in honor of yeah, the blemish? Yeah. yeah let's, do like the, a 20, the... let's do a 24 to 48 hour drop. Ooh. Ooh. For like show me the blemish. Like six people will buy it, but. <laughs> That's not true. 6,000 people will buy it. 6,000. That's right. Yeah. That's how many people bought it last time. And how many, the true number of Australians who haven't heard of Travis Bisnato. But You know, I did when, the math on Travis's percentage and that he was saying that uh, only 26 Australians have heard of Travis Bisnato. And I don't that's buy that. That's not true. You're being modest. Tra- You're being modest, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, oh, I have so much I'm... to say if I could talk in an Australian accent. <laughs> I would apologize, but, I'll just keep quiet. but Gary Bazzano would have stopped listening to us a long time ago. <laughs> I wish our Australian accents were better. That's our New Year's resolution. We're going to get perfect at talking we Aussie. Have... Talking Aussie. We have, lot... yeah, we have lots of New Year's resolutions every year. And it's not too late to add one. It's only January 8th. It's January we never 8th. even we had one. I'm saying we oh, never yeah. talked about ours. We'll do it next week. Next, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that in February. We'll talk about our February resolutions next month. Uh, Anyway, your New Year's resolution should be to rate and review the Belligerent Beefs podcast if you haven't done that yet. Hi-yo, that's an easy one you can do. Go to wherever you get your podcast and give it five stars and smash that subscribe button. Smash it as hard (laughs) as you can. Uh, Five stars. Five stars only, please. And also, now would be a great time to share the show with a friend. If you're driving, pull over. Text a pal, text a homie, be like, hey, you know how moms uh, you know love how our like show to too. Pals moms love our show. We, moms do we love our show. Love moms. And we love yeah. moms. Yeah. Shout out to all the moms. I'm married to one. There. Yeah. You are married. You are so married to a mom. 
That's how much you love moms. You made a mom. Out JP of wife. really loves moms. <laughs> I love you, mom. <laughs> different, different mom. I I love you too, mom. Different mom than the other. I love my mom. Dear my mom and my mom specifically. If you love your mom, give us a five star review. Actually, yeah. you love your if mo- you have then... a mom, give us a five star review mm. and link this segment specifically to your mom in a text message right now and be like, "Hey, mom, they're talking about you on the podcast," and we'll <laughs> see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, moms, moms love us. That's belligerentbeeves.com. Belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. Beeves on X, formerly known as Twitter, at BelligerentBeeves on Instagram, at BelligerentBeeves on Facebook, on Blue Sky and Threads, maybe. Yep. All, the, all those places on YouTube for sure. Are you on Threads yet? Threads. <laughs> I joined the wrong Threads. I know, but you knew that like I six months ago. It's the wrong Threads. There's another thread. There's Slack has a separate. Oh. A thing called threads. Yeah. And Slack. it starts and it re, as a reminder it starts with we are not the Instagram equivalent threads. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> hang out with your friends like you do on Instagram, it's not here. And then I was oh, like, I like I'm I'm 35. I'm tired. I don't I don't care. I can this was barely so much do effort I, already. I can barely do Twitter anymore. It's getting so hard. It's X. Exactly. Exactly. I can't take it anymore. But uh, if you want to follow me, I guess you can. It's at Terry Horstman on X and at Terrence Horstman on Instagram.com. I am joined, as I always am, by my beloved co-host, JP Bertram on the ones and twos. You can follow him on X, formerly known as Twitter, at the Treal J. That's at the underscore Treal underscore J because he's too Treal to be real. And at JP Bertram on Instagram. And of course, joining us from Tacoma, the man with many names and many faces and one dope ass hoodie and a new webcam benjamin lawrence sebastian wehage aka benny with the good quaff aka benny burner aka benny bedlam because he's fucking crazy folks aka benny bowl game but not this last bowl game because that was stupid and doesn't count uh <laughs> aka benny blast off and you can follow him at benny l 1986 and at andrew chatfield's number one fan at andrew chatfield jr fan club <laughs> Let's bring back fan clubs. Remember fan clubs from the nineties? No. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not saying let's not bring them back. I'm saying no, I don't know. You don't remember being you weren't in like the fucking like Blink 182 fan club or anything like that. No. <laughs> They'd send you, you like, like a t-shirt and, and mail a lunchbox. you, yeah. Oh. yeah. You get a CD. Remember t- 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 tell me you at least remember CDs, Benny. <laughs> what are C- no, but I got you. Uh, I got you a shirt what? this weekend. I got you a got... shirt this weekend. It's an it's old a CD. Prince. Yeah, it's an old Prince Purple Rain shirt, and I might need your address again. I found oh it at a vintage shop. Should I share it on the show right now? <laughs> yeah, tell everyone your address. I'll just tell the listeners my address and my social security number, and that that way, if it gets lost, someone will find it and know where to bring it back to. It belongs to me. <laughs> I live at sixty nine sixty nine Northeast Spoonie Street. 
zip code four twenty four twenty noise in Minnesota noise. It's not even Australian anymore. I'm so oh, sorry. End it. Hit the ad. Thank you. Hit the ad. Thank you so much for listening to this another perfect, flawless episode of the Belligerent Peace Podcast. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode. And until then, remember, remember, you cannot spell chop em without hope. So chop em. Chop em. Chop em. Noise. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, Kiss ceiling, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these gators down.